The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And uh, with no Wednesday night episode of Dynamite this week, uh, we thought we'd bring you a kind of breakdown and prediction episode for the upcoming Double or Nothing pay-per-view there have been so far 10 matches announced so unless anything changes between now and the show we're going to cover it all and uh, we're going to start with the bottom of the card and work our way through so uh, that takes us to the buy-in this match was announced earlier this week and it is a rematch from the first round of the AEW women's eliminator tournament Riho versus Serena Deeb kind of random um, no, we haven't seen Rio basically since the tournament. Uh, we've seen Deeb a little bit on TV here and there in the last few weeks. So, um, I don't really have much to say. I think it's going to be a great match, uh, cause we know these two can really work. The tournament match was really fun as well. Um, I don't envision, uh, Serena Deeb dropping the belt in a match on the buy-in announced the week of the show. So I don't think it's a title match. I thought it was a title match. I believe match. That the NWA Women's Championship was on the line. This would not be in the buy-in. Uh, nope, I think it's a title it's, match. It's a title match. Okay. It's a title match, uh, which is why I don't see this changing changing hands on the pre-show. So mm-hmm. I, I think Serena Deeb's going to retain here. Seems like they have some plans for that NWA Championship here over the next few months. Uh, we've mentioned Thunder Rosa numerous times about wanting this title back. So um, yeah, give me Serena Deeb to retain, uh, but what should be a, maybe the best buy-in match of all time. <laughs> yeah. This, this has the, uh, the makings of a really, really good match. And uh, I made all of my picks before we got on to record. So uh, this is going to reflect that. I thought this was a non-title match. And so I had Riho winning. Uh, I'm going to, you know, stand by my picks here and 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 live with the consequences. Um, <laughs> if 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 Rio wins the belt on the buy-in, you're gonna. My do guess I get is bonus gonna, points? I don't think you're gonna get bonus points, but I think you're gonna run away with uh, this because I have a feeling we're gonna be very similar on a lot of these. So, but well, we'll see. We'll see. I tried to uh, I tried to make some picks that I think are going a little bit against the grain. So. Uh, We'll see if we are in alignment on those ideas. All right, we'll move on to the next match. I expect this to kick off the main card, and that is the Casino Battle Royal. Entrants in this match are Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., Preston Vance, Stu Grayson, Nick Camarado, QT Marshall, Lee Johnson, Dustin Rhodes, Anthony Bowens, Max Caster, Penta, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, Matt Seidel, Matt Hardy, Will Hobbs, Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, Jungle Boy, Christian Cage... And TBD. Always a TBD. You taking the field this time? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or the TBDs? I think... um, I'm curious how they're going to do this. um, Because they've done it differently each of the two um, years that they've done this show, if I'm not mistaken. Last year, it was a more traditional... uh, Royal Rumble style match and the first year they entered as their suits. Um, 
So they had yeah. all the hearts enter, all the clubs enter, all the diamonds enter, all the spades enter, and then the Joker came in by himself. Uh, and so I'm interested to see how they do this and if they get back to that suits format. I think the problem with that initially was that we didn't know who a lot of these talents were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like Orange Cassidy, for example, got completely lost in the shuffle in that first year. And I think a lot of people had no clue coming out of that battle royal who he was and why people were excited about him. Uh, whereas the second year, we had the talent a little bit more uh, well-known. And I think now you could totally do that entering in waves of five kind of thing and and not have it be a problem for people following the match. So uh, that's just a little side thing. Uh, Mike... You're going to be making your calls on the air first since I wrote all of mine mm-hmm. down. I'm pretty sure I know who you're going with here. Um, it, it came down to two people for me here. It, it came down to Penta and my boy Christian Cage. And I'm I'm going a little biased here. I'm going with Christian Cage. It, it makes sense. He's been stacking up those wins lately. Uh, when he debuted the week, I think the week after, or no, well, first two weeks he he kind of motioned that he wanted Kenny Omega uh, with the way that the main event is set up right now um, and how I expect this summer to work out. There, there's going to need to be some sort of non hangman page challenger prior to all out. And I think a, uh, a f- six weeks of Christian cage feuding with uh, a Kenny Omega and his group uh, with the backing of say Moxley and Kingston or any other the other people that this group has pissed off, I think it really works. So I'm going to go Christian Cage, get that AEW world title shot here in the next few weeks. Uh, so I chose to go a little differently here. I think Christian Cage still has unfinished business with Team Taz. And I think what we're going to see in this match is that Will Hobbs is going to get a measure of revenge by eliminating Christian Cage in this match, which is going to then refocus Christian Cage on Team Taz. I have TBD winning this one. And I think the reason I'm going with that is I don't think TBD is going to be a new signee to AEW. I think it's going to be somebody coming in for a one-off championship feud with Omega. Again, to push us a little bit further down the road. I think you could see someone like a Tetsuya Naito or a Kota Ibushi or someone coming in from another company who is established and is coming in to pick a fight on Kenny's turf. So um, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't have any kind of inside knowledge or anything. But I think from a storytelling perspective, it makes the most sense. The company doesn't need new talent to be debuting. There's no one who should be returning from injury who would make sense to go in this spot. So um, let's have somebody come in for a feature spot like it's the fucking territory era and just give us a great feud and a great match. Doesn't matter that we know Omega is going to retain. That really doesn't matter at all. So uh, that's what I'm looking for. And uh, hopefully that bears out. Yeah, it would definitely add to the list of like dream matches that uh, Kenny Omega is having here over the next few weeks. So just to, I think I texted you this, but he has the title match this weekend. And then over the next month, he's facing Moose for the Impact Championship. I may have to order that pay-per-view because I do love me some moose. And then he's defending the AAA Mega Championship against Andrade uh, down down south of the border. So, yeah, let's just let's bring back one of his old buddies here. Let's let's even though if it is um, 
Kota Ibushi, that should not be a dynamite match. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 sorry, like that deserves the all out main event. That deserves every pay-per-view main event for the next year. If we're, if we're being honest. So, all right, Joel, well, that's a, it's, it's a little unfair though. Cause TBD could be more than one person. I only got to pick one guy. You're, I'm you, choosing one entrant. I'm choosing one, one entrant. We don't know who that entrant is, but that's who I'm choosing. And there is precedent. We have selected TBD. I know. Previously. I know. I know. I'm just, eh, well, Taz comes in late and wins the match and he faces off Kenny Omega. That's what I really <laughs> want to see. You're just hedging. You're just hedging in case you no, lose no, this no. one. No, no, no. I just like, yeah, I get, you know, whatever. Okay, take your TBD. Uh, which one are we covering next, man? Which one are we covering next? Next up is Adam Page and Brian Cage, a match that I am very excited for. These two absolutely tore it down in their last match. And of course, there was interference by Team Taz. Uh, this match is kind of set up to tell the story of Brian Cage moving a little bit away from Team Taz. And I think what we're going to see is that members of Team Taz are going to try to interfere on his behalf. And the story is going to be whether or not he accepts their interference or rejects it. That's what I'm going to be looking for in this match. I do have, um, oh, I shouldn't say because you're making all your picks first. Mine's written down. I have Hangman Page getting his win back here to set up the summer of um, <clears throat> Adam Page building towards that championship match with Kenny Omega. If that does not happen at all out, I think I might just retire from the podcast. Because I think I've been <laughs> <clears throat> saying that for a few weeks now. And Joel, take over. The the pollen up here is absurd, and I just got like a mouthful of it. <clears throat> oh, in wonderful. my part, I don't yeah. know how. So yeah. predictably, I have Adam Page as well. I'm pretty sure it's a rule that if Adam Page is in a match, I have to pick Adam Page. At this point, that is the the level of uh, standing that that I'm doing. So uh, yeah, Adam Page is my dude. Next up, we have. Sting and Darby Allen taking on Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Sting's first in-ring match, non-cinematic, since his uh, fateful injury uh, against Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, this one's tough. Uh, if it was another cinematic match, I I think I would 100% pick the uh, the... The, the good guys in this because you just don't I don't think you would have the bad guys win that type of match um, in the ring though I th- I'll say this I think Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page need to win this match I think it'd be great for their 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 characters it, it, they need to win something you don't form this like kind of super duo together and then just get punked in your first big opportunity to shine but it's hard seeing someone like Sting losing this match so early in his AEW tenure, only his second match in the company. I do expect Darby to work about 85, 90% of this match, um, just get thrown around the ring by these two guys. So this one, I think, is one of the hardest matches for me to pick. So I'm going to take Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, get these heels, the big win they need, and then you can run this back in a few weeks, one-on-one, stuff like that, to keep this feud going. But I think... If you want to build these two up right, you got to give them the one here. I agree. Uh, I have Paige and Sky as well. And I think we're going to learn in this match where they are on the card. You know, are these guys who are poised to actually move up, make a run, earn some titles, be in some major feuds, or 
were they being built up to be fed to Darby Allen, who is one of the biggest stars in the company and sting one of the biggest stars in the history of wrestling. So I think that sting and Darby can lose this match and it doesn't hurt them at all. Uh, I do think it's damaging to Ethan page and Scorpio sky because they've been built up. They haven't really done anything significant and this would be a way for them to make a statement and to elevate the two of them. Ethan page is someone who needs to be in a title feud sooner rather than later. He is tremendously talented. He's excellent on the mic. And, you know, he's someone who has held the major championship for a company previously. He was impact world champion. So, you know, this is someone who we know can do it. And I want to see him in that scenario, whether he's facing off with Miro or whoever is holding the TNT title or going after the big belt. He would be a good interim feud for Kenny Omega before uh, uh, the inevitable Adam Page rematch. So nice to see some Canadian on Canadian violence there. Yeah. And what I like about the Scorpio Sky Ethan Page thing is I, I don't necessarily view them as like a tag team. Like I, I don't really want them to go after like the tag team titles after this. Like, I like that they're working together to elevate themselves up as singles guys. Yes, they're doing a tag team match tonight, but the whole idea is that we're pissed with our standing. So let's work together to improve that. So, um, yeah, this, this should be interesting. Uh, Scorpio Sky said in an interview this week that one of his friends from WWE asked him not to hurt Sting. So, <laughs> Scorpio Sky, please do not injure Sting. Please. Please, please, I'm please. less concerned about Scorpio Sky injuring Sting, and I'm more concerned about Ethan Page, as we've talked about. If he hits that ego's edge or whatever it's called, that crucifix toss power bomb, that's going to worry me. That, that will take me out of the match if Sting takes that move. I, I don't want to see it. Yeah. So do not hurt Sting. Rule number one. All right. Joel, what, 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 what match are we covering next? Next up, we've got the Governor versus Murka and Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo uh, in the most Murka feud uh, in the history of AEW. Side note, I don't know if you saw the the drawing my buddy tagged the OWS pod in, but I because I was mispronouncing Agogo last week, he he made it Ogopogo, which is like a Canadian Loch Ness monster type thing and he drew a poster of the american nightmare versus ogopogo and he tagged anthony agogo in it multiple times and he responded back in heel fashion saying you posted this three times and i ignored you this is trash <laughs> <laughs> he's like maybe like so i think he's gonna tag him again but it's gonna like get progressively worse each time just to just to get on the the heel but i always love when heels respond and in, in kayfabe at least I hope so, unless he's just a real dick. <laughs> I think so. I've really liked his his attitude on Twitter in general. He's been clowning Americans for having spelling errors or using words incorrectly when they're tweeting at him yeah. and just bagging on the American education system <laughs> and how much we love guns and violence. And it just it it warms my heart, really. Like, please. Please carry on. Critique all the things that drive me fucking insane about this country. Uh, I love living here, but, you know, we need to be realistic about the shit that that sucks about America and and actually fix it. And I think, you know, maybe Anthony Agogo is, is the hero that we want, but maybe he's the hero that we need. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, uh, this is this should be fun. And really, what we should be picking here is whether or not the who wins the matches. Is Cody Rhodes coming out in polka dots? Because if he doesn't come out in polka oh, dots, definitely. I don't know, man. He put he sent that like little community thing that he does via text, and he sent a picture of his new white belt, and it's just American Dream with the Nightmare logo and U.S. flags everywhere. So I'm a yeah, little but concerned. that doesn't mean that he's not going to have black pants with red, white, and blue polka dots on them. I, if if he doesn't come out with polka dots, he, fans should boo him. It should be his heel. Fans turn. should boo him anyway. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, we've talked about how like how hard it would be to get me to boo Cody at this point because like I just. I was loving everything that he was doing, mm-hmm. but this whole turn, like it's just so clumsy and it's, yeah. it's so tone deaf and it puts me squarely in the corner of the heel. So, you know, I, I am, I'm not here for the rah, rah America Cody. Like I don't need it. Yeah. So in terms of picking this match, I, I think what I want to happen is Anthony Gogo to get the win here. Um, so I'm about to sneeze again. <laughs> I will edit that out or not. Who knows? Um, but I think what they're going to do is they're going to have Cody Rhodes wearing his dad's outfits with the American flag on Memorial Day. So I'm picking Cody as much as I don't want to. I, I am picking Anthony Agogo in this match. I think this match ends with Cody coughing up blood and, uh, you know, a, a uncomfortable silence as Anthony Agogo stands tall. Uh, he's been built up. There's no reason for him to lose this match. Cody losing is a time honored tradition. He does not need to win matches. It's just, you know, it's he's it's the dusty thing. Dusty didn't need to win matches. We can continue the history and elevate somebody create a new star make a moment make a villain um even though i don't see him as a villain in this scenario i get what they're going for and he's doing excellent heel work he's just being put in an untenable position um so yeah like give me give me a go-go and i i sincerely hope that this is going to happen i know that they odds are long but uh this is what i want yeah oh yeah I, i'm trying to look back at aw pay-per-views to see how cody did I forgot Cody was not at all out last year because I was following his beatdown at the hands of uh, of Mr. Brody, Brody Lee. Lee. So, huh, forgot about that. Yep. All right, Joel, let's move on. What do we cover next? All right. Next up, we have the TNT championship match between the brand new champion Miro and Lance Archer, perpetual bridesmaid. Well, well, Joel, you forget something. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page here. It's Miro or Dante Martin facing Lance Archer at double or nothing. So Miro versus Lance <laughs> Archer. Dante Martin's going to be sent to the moon. Speaking um, of Dante Martin, do we know that his back is still intact? I don't know if you've seen the gif that's been going around of this crazy backbreaker that he took on dark. Uh, I don't know who it was who gave it to him. Not someone I recognize. One of the coolest moves I've seen in a long time. Really, really impressive. Uh, it, it, looked a like a, it looked like a black hole slam, but instead of hitting the slam, he just kept spinning him around into that like Randy Orton style backbreaker. 
really, really cool. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it. But I'm, I'm not sure that Dante Martin is okay after that. <laughs> no, I don't think Dante Martin's going to. Oh, I just saw it. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> How cool is on, that? He hits on the ground and then he like he continues to bounce and spin after they already make the end. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Really amazing so, selling there as well. This is, you know, awesome audio as we describe awesome a gift audio, that yes. you can see, but look it up. It's not hard yes, to find. I, it's been making the rounds on wrestling it. Twitter. And um, yeah, really, really rad move. Totally creative. Absolutely love it. But anywho, my choice is Miro. Um, yeah, for sure. I, sorry, Lance. Welcome to the altar again. Uh, it's not going to work out for you this time. Yeah, Lance, win a match and I'll start picking you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think we really need much more to say. I, I do think this is a Haas fight. Uh, you know how much I love me a Haas fight. And these are Haases who move like cruiserweights. So we should have some really good stuff here. I'm, I was Absolutely. I'm convinced that Miro is a, a really good worker and the last few weeks have kind of shown us that. So um, con- let's, let's continue it. Uh, get that W hard fart violent match would be obviously what we want. So yeah, nothing, nothing really else to say. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on the record as saying, I don't think outcomes are as important as the average wrestling fan thinks they are. You know, it's how we get there. It's the story that gets told and it's the spectacle. When you have a match like this where you pretty much know what the outcome is going to be, there's no way Miro is dropping the belt this soon. Um, let's just be there and experience it and and get lost in the match. Let them tell the story. And I'm looking forward to it. Sam, Sam. Next up is the women's championship match. Hikaru Shida versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD for the AEW Women's Championship. Mike, what you got? I think we've wanted this match for almost what a year now, <laughs> ever since yeah. pandemic Baker kind of, because these are the two stars of the p- pandemic era tapings, Sheeta and and Britt Baker, um, between the amazing promos that Britt dropped to Sheeta just working week in and week out, uh, putting on great matches. So it's a long time coming. Um, they're celebrating Sheeta's one year with the belt on Friday night. That seems on om, on om, uh, omni uh, I can't talk right now. Ominous, <laughs> ominous. Thank you, omnipotent. Um, go 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 pogo go. Um, so it seems like it's time. I honestly, like, like we talked about a few weeks ago, I'm, I'm not clamoring for for Sheeta to drop the title, which is I think a testament of how good her title reign has been because her matches have felt different. They've had unique spots different styles so like it hasn't been uh done to death i guess but i think it's time sheeta thank you for the run but it's time to give the good dentist her uh her belt i have Britt baker in this match as well uh while i'm not clamoring for hikaru sheeta to drop the belt i am clamoring for a Britt baker title run uh so let's get that and uh you know, give her the mic and let her go. Let her be the heel champion that this division deserves. I don't think we've had a spectacular heel champion get a proper run with the women's championship. So we've only uh, had one, you know, and and Nyla Rose's run was pretty short. So um, this is an opportunity to 
take the division in a new direction. And it, it sets a refresh on the entire thing. There mm-hmm. aren't that many matches left for Hikaru Shida, things that we haven't seen. And so giving her an opportunity to be a little bit different and get involved in some different feuds, uh, I think is going to be helpful. And Britt yeah. Baker can just roll through this division, fight everybody, uh, be that chicken shit heel who doesn't want the match and has to be forced to fight. And, uh, you know, I, I think her potential as a heel champion is limitless. Yeah, I agree. I think my, I, I think we know that Britt Baker is going to be successful as a champion. It's, it's going to work great when, if, and when it happens, my main things I'm worried, I'm wondering what Sheeta's role is moving forward because it's not like a lot of her stories were really character driven. They weren't, you know, these blood, f- she had a few, but it was mainly I'm the champion. You're the challenger. Let's beat the shit out of each other. Let's go. So I just don't want to see her just kind of fade away or fall back down. So how do you keep Sheeta relevant if she's not going to be the champion, not in the title picture? And there were some hints of maybe a Rio turn last spring. You know, she debuted darker ring gear. Uh, there was some noticeable changes in the one or two matches I think we saw in that. So me personally, I, I would love to see a, that Sheeta Rio rivalry revisited, but with a little more of that, like Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, anything you can do, I can do better type thing. I just don't want I just don't want her to fade away, I guess is what I'm saying. I mean, I want she to still be relevant putting stuff on uh, Dynamite each not every week, but a big part of the show. It may be counterintuitive, but I think the best thing to do to keep her relevant is actually to take her off TV for a while. Give her a break. She needs a vacation. She's been <laughs> working week in and week out for this division for a year. And uh, I, I think that although I could continue watching her run this division for a while, I think taking her away for a little while and then having her make a triumphant return uh, would be a way to revitalize her character and regenerate interest, especially if she were to come back and Britt Baker was still the champion and then they could kind of run back the feud. Uh, I just, I think that's the way to go, especially with so many women in this division who need screen time and need to be brought up in our estimation. Sheeta is established at this point. I think she can kind of disappear for a little while and still be okay. Uh, So if she does drop the belt, which I think she will, that might be the best way to go for a little while. Yeah. Well, it's definitely, uh, definitely one of the big intriguing questions coming out of this pay-per-view. So uh, Joel, let's, uh, let's move on. What we got next? Next up is the Tag Team Championship match. The Wild Things, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston taking on the Young Bucks, or as we like to call them, the Midlife Crisis Bucks. Yeah, this... I think we both thought that this wasn't... this <laughs> Kingston and Moxley would be involved in something else when we were kind of fantasy booking Double or Nothing post-Revolution. Um, I think the story really worked. Uh it shifted the the kind of feud from Omega to the lackeys. Um, Cause the lackeys do the dirty work. The lackeys are the ones who really like get their hands dirty. So if you're going to try and hurt the champ, you take out his guys. Um, so I'm really excited for this. Uh, Moxley and Kingston are such a fun team. Um, they kind of balance each other out in terms of their, their promos too. Like I think Kingston kind of keeps Ambrose, Am- 
<laughs> that was a slip. <laughs> kind of what I'm saying, though, is he keeps him out of the Ambrose territory of promos of just being wacky. Um, and I think they kind of play off each other well in terms of like their comedic timing and stuff like that. So this has been such a win. And honestly, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't win the belts here. And I picked Britt Baker to win the title. That would give us all heels as champions if uh, the Young Bucks retain here. And I like a little character diversity with my champions. So I'm going with the stupid wild things. Stupid, stupid theme for these guys. Whatever. But I'm taking Moxley and Kingston winning. Uh, and then, thro- like you said, throwing the Bucks $10,000 shoes on a uh, telephone pole post-match. Or setting them on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I have Mox and Kingston in this match as well. I thought this was one where we were going to be uh, going in different directions. But I think that this Mox and Kingston experiment has gone so well. And that's why this feud is still going on. I don't think this was the plan from the beginning. I, I think the plan was for the Bucks to be doing other things and facing other teams. But Moxley and Kingston are just so arresting when they're on camera that you have to pay attention and it's it's gotten over in a big way. Uh, it's definitely over with me. I absolutely love the chemistry that they have, the back and forth on camera, the humor. I think it's genuinely funny, not pro wrestling funny, but genuinely funny. And uh, I, I'm here for it. So to see the two of them with the belts and, and then I think eventually it can come around to them kind of pissing each other off and getting sick of one another, leading them to, you know, drop the belts later on, maybe even dropping them back to the Bucks in a few weeks. This could be a short title reign for these two, leading into the two of them feuding with one another again. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here. And I think there's more utility in them winning the belts than losing. Yeah, yeah. I I was going to say the exact same thing, that this doesn't necessarily have to be a long title reign. Like, this doesn't have to be the Kenny Omega level Karoshita level like this could be usually I don't like belt switching hands very often but uh them winning the belts isn't the story it's them getting back at them for all the shit they put Moxley and Kingston through over the last what four three four months so the title is just an accessory at this point so um yeah this <laughs> this should be fun um I I I think one the I think we kind of touched on this last week and this is something that I just kind of have in my head is how do you get the young bucks out of the tag division, but still relevant on AEW? Um, Cause I, I kind of want some of these other teams to get a shot to run with the, the gold here. So I wonder if getting the belts off of them, having this few become personal, you could have Moxley and Kingston lose the belts to a completely random team. Like you could have them just drop it because of chicanery from the bucks. And then the bucks and uh, Moxley Kingston go do something even more, vicious than we've seen so it it's it's time it's time let's let's put these belts on those those crazy bastards from new york and cincinnati you know what i could really go for at some point this summer ice cream the old tag team cage match Mm. the both members must escape tag team cage match it's great drama because you you inevitably end up with one team gaining a sort of advantage, getting one of their people out, and then the remaining person just gets their ass beat, and and the other person is outside the cage, helpless, just has to watch what's going down and, and hope that somehow their partner can make it work. I think there's some really fun 
tag team cage matches in in the like back catalog of pro wrestling. And I think that the Bucks, along with Mox and um, Kingston, could have a really fun one. And, and if down the line that's a match that they have, I'd totally be here for it. Um, it would be something different. But let's move on. Next up, the second ever stadium stampede match between the inner circle and the pinnacle. Speaking of feuds, we didn't think would still be going on. <laughs> uh, this, this will be fun. Like I, I, I'm trying not to be too down on it just because I really wanted this feud to kind of end, but we know these guys are going to make this fun. You've convinced me. I was a little concerned of the create creativity in this match. So I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be uh pretty violent. Um, I don't know if I, I'm pretty sure they got to tape this thing. Cause I don't think you can have that type of match when there's going to be almost full capacity at Daly's place. So um, I, I just really want to see Sammy get hit with a car again. Like that needs to be our double or nothing tradition. Sammy, Sammy Guevara constantly hit by a car. So um, I think what makes the most sense and what would be the most fun would be the pinnacle winning and the inner circle actually breaking up. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick that. I don't, I don't know if they have the balls to do that. Um, we talked a few weeks ago how kind of disappointed we'd be if this was just a chance to get the inner circle their win back. Um, but storyline-wise, long-term booking, it, it makes the most sense for the Pinnacle to get this win and for the inner circle to be no more fractured. Yeah, I this was another one where I thought we were going to go different directions uh, and uh, we picked the same thing. So I I went for the pinnacle as well. Uh, you're establishing a new dominant faction in AEW. You don't do that with 50-50 booking. You do that by having the pinnacle go over, crush their enemies, and, you know, then MJF can can give the speech from, from Conan in his best Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. It'd be fantastic. I guess there's not not really much else to say with this match. So um, we've talked about this feud for God a fuck ton over the last few uh, years. So why don't why don't we just move on, Joel? <laughs> yeah, our final match of the night and the first ever triple threat for a major championship in AEW: Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy versus Pac for the AEW World Championship. You know what? What you said earlier about how Moxley and Kingston in the tag feud tag team championship match may have been forced by just how well it worked. I think you're right because this could have easily have been Kenny Omega versus John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston for the title. Like you very easily could have weaved that into this type of scenario. So um, does Cassidy and Pac really have, you know, the the long history here with Omega. Yeah. Pac does Cassidy. They've been trying to get this feud running here the next few, the last few weeks. I don't think orange Cassidy is giving up his title shot. <laughs> I think that will be definitive on Friday. And the, the pick here is super straightforward. So I really just want to talk about what the potential of this match could be. Cause Joel, I'm pretty sure we're both picking Kenny Omega to retain. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So this really is just needs to be a balls to the wall. Awesome match. We know, like you mentioned earlier, we know we know the outcomes to a lot of matches. Like they're too obvious, but if the match delivers, we're not going to care. So, 
this needs to be the ultimate star making match. Orange Cassidy needs to come out looking even better than he has before. Same thing with Pac. You want Kenny Omega, Omega to look strong by beating these two amazing challengers. So I expect it to be a ton of fun. Triple threat matches, I think, are the the most exciting like match type because when you get to four people, you can just pair off and it's not as, you know, you don't have the, the saves and stuff like that. One of my favorite matches of all time was uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Chris Benoit at WrestleMania 20. Uh, it's kind of a masterclass of how you work a, a triple threat. And uh, I'm just really, these are three high IQ wrestling guys. Um, and then I'm sure Don Callis is going to be involved with not only the actual match, but probably the planning of booking it. So th- this this should be amazing. This This should be one of the match of the year candidates when we get to December. I agree. I mean, you're going to be hard pressed to find a a higher concentration of talent in a single match. These are three excellent performers. I think what's interesting about this match is who's going to take the pin. Uh, And I think it should be Orange Cassidy uh, because one, he's already like in kayfabe physically compromised. Mm -hmm. Um, And then two, He's already established his feud with Chris Jericho made him a star. So, you know, he's someone that kids are already dressing up as for Halloween. You don't need to build him up with a match like this pack. On the other hand, this is an opportunity to make him into a bigger deal because of COVID and the fact that he was gone for so long. I feel like there's been a lot of stop start with pack and difficulty gaining momentum and really building him into the kind of asset that we all thought he was going to be when he signed, he was one of the first people who was announced as signing with AEW way, way back when they had their little pep rally uh, in Jacksonville. And it hasn't really borne out to this point. He's had some great matches, but I don't know what Pac's story is so far in AEW other than to say that it's it's kind of been failure to launch. So this is an opportunity for him and the highest profile match that he has had since coming into AEW to really have a star making performance. And, you know, I already think of Pac as a star, but I thought of Pac as a star when he was Adrian Neville on yeah. NXT. Neville! And, you know... So I'm a little bit biased on that front, but I think this is an opportunity for him to be established in the minds of the broader AEW fandom. So I'm hoping he has a really, really great showing and that he somehow gets screwed out of winning. Like maybe he hits the black arrow on Cassidy and then uh, Omega steals the pin. You know, I think that's an opportunity for Omega to still be kind of a scumbag and to really give Pac some good heat coming out of this match. Yeah, it's also a very easy story to do. You never pinned me. You pinned Cassidy. I want I want my one-on-one match. And that's what you do at, say, Fight for the Fallen or Fighter Fest, you know, which I'm sure we will get this summer. You do Omega Pack, and then you really give him another chance to show off. I was at All Out 2019, and Pack winning that match was like one of the most shocking moments of the night. No one expected it. And the way that he basically choked Kenny out, like, yeah, that was crazy, you know? So there, 
And then he's like, you've never beaten me one. I guess he did beat him in the Iron Man match. So that wasn't true. But you could you could say like, hey, I want I want another shot. And there you go. There's your midsummer feud. So, yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I, I obviously what I really want is Orange Cassidy to be our AEW world champion. But I told you only one man is taking that belt off of Kenny Omega and it's not. Orange Cassidy. <laughs> so. But my God, could you imagine? Could you just imagine the celebration the best friends would have on Wednesday if Orange Cassidy was the AEW world champion? Speaking of the best friends, did you see uh, Chuck and Orange Cassidy's appearance at the Sixers game? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, they, they got on the fan cam and uh, uh, Chuck gave a, a thumbs up Orange Cassidy style and Cassidy totally no sold it. <laughs> oh that's awesome i'm i'm looking it up now good good pro- cross promotion there uh tnt uh oh that's dope <laughs> and it's awesome because like chuck taylor is legitimately a massive philadelphia 76ers fan oh yeah like okay yeah huge huge fan um so it is it so cool because like it just seems like it doesn't seem like he was planted there be like you know i'm gonna be there and promote AEW while i'm on this basketball game on the same network it's like no he probably just was organically at the sixers <laughs> game and got on the fan cam one of the tnt guys like hey wait a second we know him <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i don't even see any of like the like the thing that says hey AEW superstar you know yeah, like it's, it's it was just totally random and Orange Cassidy, they're like not wearing a denim jacket. It just, it's weird. Yeah, I hate the Sixers, yeah. so I really wanted them to lose this series, but I don't think they're losing to uh, the the Washington Fighting Westbrooks. Uh, I don't think that's that's in the cards. But the Dallas Fighting Lucas are bringing it to the Clippers, and I think we can end this so I can just listen to more podcasts about how good my Dallas Mavericks are. It's wonderful. <laughs> so wonderful all right take us out all right guys you can follow us on facebook and instagram at the other wrestling show twitter at ows underscore pod joel at the other joel me at michael underscore amanda can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com can get the podcast at apple podcast tune in stitcher anywhere you get your podcast spotify we're there give us a like give us a subscribe subscribe follow whatever and uh We'll get you our reaction show um, early next week. Joel, I don't know how uh, late this pay-per-view will go, but game four is also on Sunday. So this might this might just be destined to be a Monday recording for us. I'm just saying. <laughs> but right, well, if, I am off work on Monday, so yep, uh, yep, I think we can everyone, make that happen. Yeah, for sure. So everyone, enjoy your, your, uh, your Memorial Day if you're here in the U.S. Uh, Get vaccinated, you dirty bastards. We're at 50% Ameri- of adults. Let's get that higher because we don't want people to die. I guess it's sim- simple. I was trying to come up with something yeah. more profound mm-hmm. than that, but it really is just that simple. So pro-vaccination hey, on this show. Avoiding preventable death is a good thing. Ding, 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 ding. All right, guys. Joel, say it, baby. Join the Dark Order. Join the Dark Order. Bye. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.